This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome. You know, I walked into the lobby upstairs and saw what looked like maybe a hundred thousand women, and and I was thinking, I was thinking, can you imagine a men's Amuna day? Like, how many men would come to a day called Amuna day? It's like nobody. <laughs> We're all just learning Gemara. You know, like. We don't need a Muna. Can't you see we're learning? <laughs> Muna's for our wives. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, let's get started. I brought my guitar just in case. So this class is called the Spirit World. And like most classes, I've never taught it before. I, I never, any class I have that's even remotely good is because I have never taught it before. I, I do best on my thinking things through. So, but I will give an intro. And the intro is kind of going to be a high speed, uh, Kabbalistic, uh, experience. That's, uh, but just to, just to get us, get us involved in things. And the only other thing, just for sound quality, I'm thinking to shut the door downstairs. Maybe I will, except a bunch of people are coming in. Shalom, welcome, welcome. And uh, I think it's it's pretty dark in here, but I think it's good enough. Especially if we do some meditation, it'll be fine. Okay, so here comes just the the fast part. We're gonna we're gonna race through six steps, and uh, hopefully you got your thinking cap on, and it'll come smoothly. Okay. So the first thing is before there was something, what was there? <laughs> Tough question on a Muna day, right? <laughs> so you're supposed to say nothing. And Hashem, but that's going to be step two. So before there was something, there was nothing. Okay, and that's held by both the the Kabbalist and the scientist. Everyone agrees on that. That's why they have in universities they have a, a department called theoretical physics, because once you say it's nothing, well now you're going to have a problem. Like you're going to have a philosophical problem because what does nothing make? Nothing. If you have absolutely nothing, what does it make? If you seal a cup with nothing in it, come back two years later, it's still got nothing. Because nothing makes? Nothing. nothing. Very good. So that's, uh, that's when I'm helping people who are not believers. I, give, I tell them there's, I have a five-second proof of God that's incontrovertible. It goes like this. Before there was something, there was nothing. And since nothing makes nothing, and now that there's something, it must be that nothing was God. Okay? You got that? Before there was something, there was nothing. And since nothing makes nothing, and now that there's something, it must be that the nothing was God, because nothing makes nothing, unless, of course, the nothing's God. And if the nothing's God, so then it can make something. And that's, you know, and if you could make something from nothing, maybe we'd call you God. But it's never happened before. We've only had one experience of nothing making something, and that's the world. So, anyway, so before there was something, there was nothing. And, and step two is that nothing is what we call God. Okay, that's step two. Step three. There, step three and four are the two things we know about God. 
there's, it's funny to say that because we just got through saying it's nothing. So if it's nothing, then you can't know anything about it. But in fact, there are two things we know about it. One is that it is one. It's one. How do we know it's one? Because can you have two nothings? If you divide nothing by 30, what do you get? Now, it's just one. It, it's, so and we usually don't think of nothing as one. We think of nothing. Our brains tend to go towards the numeric. And so we think of nothing as a lack of anything. But it's actually, nothing means undifferentiated oneness. So now we can do our first um, little meditation. Everyone close your eyes a moment. My eyes are closed. Close your eyes a moment. And now you'll notice that you still see some light, although this room's pretty dim. But now take your right hand and place it strongly over your eyes. And, and if you've, unless you've been recently on a psychedelic, at which point you'd be seeing all kinds of graphics, you probably see nothing. And that's absolutely one. And this is exactly the position you take when you mention God's oneness as you look into the oneness of nothing. Take a deep breath. Release the breath. Keep the hand on your eyes. And just take another breath. Exhale. One more breath. And exhale. Release your hand. And that's a good thing to do anyway, where you're not distracted by the words. Because in a way, we just said Shema. But that was the Kavana of Shema, without the actual words. So the next time you say Shema, you'll be like, Oh, I was just there today, on a Muna day. So, so the, anyway, so that's step three, is that it's one. Step four is that it's intelligent. Whatever it is, it knows what it's doing, because what's the propensity of nothing? To remain nothing. But here it seems to have intention. But not only does it have intention, it has ability and capability. It created a whole world, yeah, an expanding universe. But not only does it have the ability to create an expanding universe, expanding universe would be chaos. It also has the ability to order things. And so the expanding name of God is yud and vav That's the expanding name. And then the the name Shin, Dalit, and Yud, Shakai, or that it's enough, is the coagulating name. So we're just, we're just like, we're like jello down here, meaning the upper name is, is total liquid, and we're in the congealed aspect of Shakai, of how it orders itself. If God were to take the name Shakai out of creation, this whole room would be like a, a uh, someone name a good name of a blender, I should have my, What's a good? Vitamix. Vitamix. This would become a Vitamix really quick. And so would Earth in the solar system would go Vitamix. And everything would go Vitamix. Because what is known in physics is that the more things expand, the more there is entropy. You can leave your stuff up there if you want to come grab a seat. You don't have to schlep that stuff around. Anyway, so step four is whatever it is, it's made of intelligence. And what in Kabbalah we'd say it's called the Seichel which is Chochmah, Bina, and Das. So the whole world's coming out of this Chochmah, Bina, and Das of the Creator. And we know that. We know that, meaning even an atheist can't escape that. Okay, that's, uh, meaning the atheist can't escape any of this. You know, I, I've always, I've had atheists raise their hand and say, now Rabbi, that's a God I can believe in. I always thought God was nothing. And many, many people found, found just through that five-second proof of God, they were able to discover it discover that there's a God and realize there's a God. And now that we know there's a God, well, it would, uh, by, by 
nature be one and also have the intelligence to create a world. Okay, step five. And step five is where we're going to focus today, but I'll give you step six and then we'll go back to five. Step five is that what did God use to create the world? Okay, there's no Home Depot in heaven. There's no Costco. There's no home center. What did God use to create the world? To create words with words. Energy, utterances. Spirit. You guys could have gone all the way back, because just so you know in the future, if you really want to go all the way back, if you go all the way back, it's called Keter or Ratzon. Yeah, because there's no words. You know, think about it, you don't say anything until you first want to. Nothing happens without wanting it to happen. So the whole creation is created with something called Keter, otherwise known as Ratzon, the desire for there to be a world. Clear? Once there's words, that's way later. That's after all the makshava. Because words are already chesed. Chochmabit and das are happening way before you say anything. So words are, words, you could say it's rutzon, then chachma, which we're not going to go into, bina, and das, and then words. So words would be number five on that. That would be the chesed. And the shape of the words, and why those words are not others, is gavur. Okay? So you're already in midas a chesed once you have words coming out. And so then we have, um, so the question is, what did God make the world out of? So maybe you'd answer Ratzon. Maybe you'd say Ratzon. But you can actually go even further back than Ratzon. Ratzon would be the correct answer in the, in the ten spheres. Keter. But you can even go further back than that and more basic. And if I had brand new kids who never learned Judaism ever, they would all answer, if all there was was God, so he must have created the world out of himself. That the whole world's made of it, so to speak. So before there was something, there was nothing that we call God. God only had himself from which to create the world, because that's all there was. And so the world's got to be made of what it was. Just like if, you know, if you have some, uh, uh, some overripe bananas and some flour and, and some eggs and some water, you likely made the banana cake out of those ingredients. Okay? Because that's what there was. And that's what we wound up eating. And so, if that's what there was, so that's what there is. And that's the spirit world. Spirit or world? Is it the world or is it the spirit? You know, and the answer is it's the spirit world. Because the world's made of that. And so what we realize with that is that, and this is the commandment, this is one of the commandments that's called Achtus Hashem. We have um, six constant commandments. And the third one is the word one. And I, by the way, I, I, I brought down the six. I just gave each one a word. So no as in Cana W. No, like, no, there's a God. That's the first of the six constant, constant mitzvahs. So I brought it down like this. No other one, love, fear, stray. No other one, love, fear, stray. No, but K-N-O, but it's a play on words. There is no other one. So no with a K. No other one, love, fear, stray. Try it. No other one, love, fear, stray. No other one, love, fear, stray. That way it's easy. No other one, love, fear, stray. And... Um, those, anyway, those are the six constant commandments. And the third one, though, is Achdus Hashem. Achdus Hashem means that the whole world is just an unfolding of infinite into finite. It's just God in the, in the congealed form. It's God in congealed form. 
And so when I look across the Shabbos table at my wonderful wife, who's who did not come to my class just now, yeah, which is better probably, but but she's heard me say enough things over the years, you know, everything I get from her anyway. I mean, she's she's a serious, prolific writer and reader. Anyway, the um, but when I look across my Shabbos table at my wife, I'm looking at. God, or what we'd call in Kabbalah, Elokus, in the form of my wife, Leah. And the kids surrounding the table are God in the form of the kids. And when I drink craft beer, it's liquid God. Okay? And beer is how we know God loves us. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. But he said it about wine. Anyway, the... the Everything ultimately is the unfolding of God. Now that's that gets a little freaky. That's a little freaky, and and in a way, it's almost destabilizing in a little bit because the world you thought that you thought was real is actually made of elokus. It's all made of godliness. It's a spirit world, and so that that's can that can lead you to feel more vulnerable, uh, which is kind of weird because you shouldn't feel that vulnerable. He's running the show, but the, because the because the human mind couches its sanity in, you know, north being north and south and west and east and gravity and like I'm, I'm me every day and, and my wardrobe is mine and all that stuff being real to us is what keeps us more or less stable as, as human beings. When in fact, when in fact Judaism is ultimately saying that none of that's real. What's real is God and your stability comes from the fact that, well, he's running the show. Because if he's unfolding himself into this reality, so then, so then this is a spirit world, and my life is a spiritual reality. I live in in the spirit world, in this spiritual reality, which is a pretty cool place to live. You know, it's a nice place to be. But again, it's 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 very different than the way most people look at life. Now, you could even notice how commandments are actually trying to get us there. In fact, you could even say. Every commandment's trying to get us there. Meaning, when you go into Shabbos, you have to let go. Today, it's not such a big deal that we keep Shabbos, meaning it's, it's easy to keep Shabbos. But historically, it meant letting go of your livelihood once a, once a week and, you know, putting it all out there and risking it, not, not doing malacha once a week. And, uh, and certainly the sabbatical year is a huge sign of, of trust. So, all these things, though, sits us are to remind me that there's really, all of this is God. And Shema Yisrael, the mitzvahs, all of this is God. Circumcision, all of this is God. I mean, all the epicenter, our money, all the bubbas, Bubba Kama, Bubba Metziah, Bubba Basra, all the things of money and property and land, and that it's all God. That all the mitzvahs, all the mesectas surrounding Puravu, there's like six mesectas of Gittin and Kedushin and, and Kesuvus and Yavamos and, and, uh, and Kesuvus and, and Nadarim and all those, all those mesectas are all built around that there's really just God. That they're really just God. It's not just that you are in a, are in a relationship with somebody. This relationship is just a total godly, godly creation and it's all about God ultimately. And, and there's, and there's just so much, High stakes things happening in those relationships such that, that like a contract of marriage or a man saying the words hariat or, or a, a get written pr- properly. All of that stuff has to be done exactly right or, 
or it's it's not just a relationship. It's it, it's we're playing with fire. And so, really, all there is is God, and all the details of halacha are for us to align in a spirit world. All halacha is just us aligning in a spirit world. The negative commandments are the ones we have to be most careful with, and that's to make sure we're not in the way of the flow of the spirit world. And the positive commandments are to draw more spirit into the world, into the spirit world. Now, step six, and then we'll go back to five. Step, Step six is that... We just said that it, meaning this infinite being that surrounds space and time, is what's filling space and time. Okay, like a like a burrito. You know, he's not just the tortilla; he's also the rice and beans. He's he's surrounding and filling. So they say in Kabbalah, sovev umemale. He's surrounding and filling. So number five is filling. That's called elokus, but he's also infinitely beyond it. So step six is is that God is not us. So, in other words, we are it, but it ain't us. We are it, that's Elokus, that's God in the imminent, but it ain't us, because it's imminent, and it's infinitely imminent. And everything it creates from itself into creation, it's not a one-to-one God to the creation. It's an infinite being creating this physical world. So, uh, anyone here have a bottle? Uh, come borrow your bottle, please. So here's a bottle of aqua, of water. And, and imagine I dip this into the uh, Atlantic Ocean. And, and now I'm walking around Greenwich Village in, uh, in Manhattan. Walking around Greenwich Village announcing this as the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, the Atlantic Ocean. I got the Atlantic Ocean here, right here in my hand. Got the Atlantic Ocean in my hand. I got the Atlantic Ocean in my hand. Anyway, people are just walking by like another, you know. Because Greenwich Village is kind of like Venice Beach East. And, you know, they're just, people are just walking by. Like, that was entertaining, but this guy's nuts. You know, except it's post 9-11. And, you know, they got, maybe it's the liquid bomber or something. And so the police... You know, come with me, sir. And next thing I know, this thing goes to the laboratory. And, and now I'm being questioned by the police, you know, as if he's my shrink or something. Like, how long have you felt this way about your bottle of water, sir? <laughs> and anyway, the, so finally a guy comes out in a lab coat with a clipboard and the officer says, so what was in there? And he says, well, sir, that was the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Now, now, I'm just using that as a muscle for us to understand that a bottle of water to the Atlantic Ocean has a massive ratio. It's a giant ratio, but it's still a ratio. It's one to a godzillion, because only God knows how many zillions of bottles of water there are in the Atlantic Ocean at any given time with evaporation and everything, but there's, there is a ratio. And so, here's the question, and this is a wild question. What's a bigger ratio, that bottle of water to the Atlantic Ocean or the entire expanding universe into the mind of God? Which one's a bigger ratio? So the second one is, and it's not exactly fair because we're talking about infinite to finite, so there is no ratio, but that's how big it is, meaning it's so big that it leaves the world of ratios. And And we're talking about our expanding universe our expanding universe has all the galaxies that they say now they don't even know how many there are. Meaning they're, they're beyond count. 
of how many galaxies, galaxies, I mean, our solar systems, like, you can't even see Earth from Pluto, you know, that's in our solar system, Earth becomes, uh, you know, you'd have to put an arrow saying Earth would be here if you could see it. And, and that's just all of that. Our entire solar system is almost invisible to our galaxy. And yet they've discovered that there's galaxies upon galaxies. And all of that in expanse is still finite within the realm of this being that's creating it all. And then it gets really weird that he's like actually interested in you finding your own nail clipper. You know. <laughs> and he is. <laughs> that's the funny thing is like, there it is, you know. Shows up after, you know, six weeks, you know. <laughs> but like, how many times have we all had situations where, where it's just, you know, it should have been gone, but it, there it is, you know. And, and I mean, I've had crazy things happen to me that, where it just appears and it just was orchestrated and, and, but we're always being orchestrated by this being. And so it's really funny because you think like he must be totally OCD, you know, about you. <laughs> He's like a stalker. You're being stalked by God. You know, like it's a little weird. He should be, have other things on his mind besides running your life all day, you know, and orchestrating everything all around you. And yet, you know, all those people he's orchestrating seem to think they have free will. Even though you know, like, they're just being organized for you. And which is really weird because you must be being organized for others. And that's why, that's my favorite thing about teaching is that I'm being, my words are coming out of my mouth orchestrated through, so I'm just like, I get to be in this amazing state. It's quite an amazing state to be in. And that's one of the reasons why I never prepare a class is because it's, first of all, if I prepared a class, that'd be my class. <laughs> if it's my class, it means I already know it's like, it's, but this is not my class, this is your class. And so your class has to come out for you. And then, now it would be like, I'm sure there's times where it would be a little more responsible for me to make an outline. And, you know, and then let it flow, like, then crumple it up and put it aside. Maybe. But I, I don't do that. I, I, I've, I tried that once or twice many years ago. It didn't come out very well. Yeah, I was too busy thinking about it instead of like just letting it come out. And uh, the only problem I have is if too few people show up to a class. <laughs> you know, like I have a class upstairs at three that usually has about 35, 40 people. <laughs> what do I do if there are five? <laughs> so what do I do? I start the class and I'm like, everyone think about what you need to know so badly. What do you really need to know? I have them go through this whole like, what do you need to know thing? And then I start talking. And then I can do pretty good for five people. If they get their desire up for like, what do they need to know? Then, it, then the class flows. Okay, um, so let's let's go back to five and do a little work on the spirit world. First of all, a little background. Also, um, um, this lady at the last row back there, do you mind... Um, Hitting the part that says Mazgan, and maybe we can get this buzzing away. Because this, this room's got a good enough temperature for now. It should say Mazgan. See a mem there? Uh, Try that. No, no, that's, that's the... Uh, yeah. One of those should say... Ma Nothing says Mazgan on there? Okay. Never mind. 
I'll ask Kobe. Yeah, actually, go for it. Just for fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, keep it like that. No, 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 no. It was good like that. Off, off. Hey, Kobe, come on. How are you? Question mark. Can you please shut off their air conditioner in KDT? Question mark. How would you spell Kobe if your name was Kobe? Siri said K-O-B-E. I put C-O-B-Y. I switched it. Thank you so much for trying. Hey, you turn the lights back on. Well, I thought we'd just have them off and just do the Shema. Oh, we're being videoed. I forgot that I'm on video here. Leave it to me to do that. Like, so many Torini time classes just go black, you know, in the middle of this classes. And by the way, you're all welcome to Torini Times event. It's going on here, Mutsi Shabbos. I forget when it is. It's going to be at the Tamir. Is it this Motsi Shabbos? They're eating by me Friday night. The the staff of yeah, the, all those guys. I haven't told my wife that yet. <laughs> if anyone has me on WhatsApp here, I know a few of you do, please WhatsApp me to mention that we have a bunch of guests Shabbos night. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's off. Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> So close your eyes and breathe. I'll have mine closed in a sec, but I'm just getting my guitar out. So much of the way you've been looking at spirituality is, you know, like transcendent, like 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 you'd be looking up, you know, to transcend you know, the physical confines of uh, the constraints of the physical world. You know, which makes some sense, because obviously we are... uh, Just keep breathing, eyes closed. Because obviously we are, you know, highly susceptible to the physical world and its vicissitudes and, and the desires that... You know, presents to us, you know, that we get drawn after. So we think in terms of transcendence a lot, and there's certainly a place for that. But it's in a way, it's kind of Eastern. Whereas, in, uh, based on what we said in number five is that the world is you know made ultimately of elokus which is how Hashem sends the world into existence from infinite to finite 
because Hashem's creating the world via Himself, meaning it's it's an unfolding of the eminent into the imminent. So then, this world isn't some kind of uh, you know like just a hall you got to get through to get to the other side. It's rather it's it's the other end of a projection of infinite to finite. And the fact that your body was built, like for example your eardrums, to collect the vibrations of these oscillating strings which move at specific frequencies. Such that they would move mathematics would move its way from your eardrum straight to your brain which is filled with neurons which either fire or don't fire which is ones and zeros or binary and given the fact that anode milvado that all there is is a shem that means that the, the whole world is made of spirit We're living inside a digital simulation, being created by infinite light that's being filtered out by parallel worlds. Ultimately, until there's the vibrations of the inanimate. vegetable, the animal, and the human, who's been vested with consciousness, take a moment and realize that you're aware of your awareness, of the sounds of this guitar, the voice chairs supporting you, clothing protecting you, the air surrounding your skin like a cocoon, all of it being the unfolding of the infinite into the finite as he is creating the world perpetually, continually, from something from nothing to something. Mechadesh betuvo b'chol yom tamid. Ma'asivereshis. And what is ma'asivereshis? It's the action of the creation, the ten utterances. So for example, let there be vegetation upon the earth is right now creating the clothing that protects your body. That's happening now. All of creation is coming into existence right here, right now, at all times.
take a deep breath and be in line with both the consciousness, meaning your awareness of your awareness. So you have two awarenesses. There's the conscious awareness of your pure self, the neshama, the consciousness that God has given you. And it's conscious, it's aware of your awareness of the sounds, of the vibrations moving across the room. And realize that in this very moment, there's well-being. There's really nothing wrong here. In fact, there's never anything wrong. There's just what is as an expression of Hashem's will and wisdom in how the creation's unfolding. Not that we don't love, not that we don't hurt, but it's the general complaint that sheds when you're in touch and at peace in this unfolding infinite into the finite. frequency and the mem being the lowest frequency and the ion being the eye that sees within introspection an example of oneness coming from the outer distraction of the physical world that it's all one She says that that Israel is ethnocentric, 
but it's because the Gentiles wouldn't know how to deal with the oneness of all things. However, he says at the end of days, when Hashem Echad Ushmo Echad, the Gentiles will also be into it, be into the oneness. Baruch Shem Kavod is whispered because it's how Hashem is hidden inside the whole spirit world. the words of Shema and Baruch Hashem with Shem Hashem. Take a breath between each one. Inhale. Shema Yisrael Adonai one through five of five opening up your eyes with a commitment to look at the rest of your day through the oneness with the perspective of Hashem Hu Elohim God is the Elohim the plural of the plurality of the world Enod Milvada there's nothing but Hashem Keeping your mind in the present, conscious and aware. Coming up, one, two, three, inhale, four, and exhale, five, opening up your eyes. Thank you. We're done. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed. Um, I have, I'm on uh, live every day. On, uh, on, I'm on Torney Time every day, live on Facebook, and it hits YouTube every day. And I also have uh, guys working in media that do clips on YouTube, so you can actually send friends five-minute clips that are quite provocative, often spiritual, and and you know, well done. And they're uh, and that, so that's on. If you just go Rabbi Yom Tov on any of those platforms, you get there. And uh, I, I run seminars, not for women, but... I mean, I run them also for women, but not in Israel. But uh, my next seminar, called The Possible Youth, for uh, Israeli men, Hebrew-speaking men, is tonight in uh, Yerushalayim. Uh, I do have a women's Possible Youth seminar in Muncie coming up in a little while. 
Uh, other than that, we're going to be at uh, Motsi Shabbos at the Tamir. And I teach here every day for free, co-ed, um, at 3 o'clock every day in the Essentials course, which you're all welcome to. Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.